Welcome to the Million Pound Biller podcast. I'm Adrian Mansfield and in my 20 plus years in recruitment, I've had a number of million pound years. I've worked in most of the major recruitment markets and in all sales roles within a recruitment agency. I've also run my own company and set up companies both in the UK and in several international locations. Recruitment has given me the opportunity to travel the world and see some of the best and worst places on offer, from Australia to Afghanistan and many more in between. The Million Pound Biller podcast offers those at any level in recruitment tips and ideas from me and my contacts, both inside and outside recruitment. But all from the coalface, information and ideas that can be taken back to your day-to-day careers and put you on the path to a million pound year. The cornerstone of my success over the years has been my willingness to learn and develop my skills, something I still do every day. Now I'm offering you some of my ideas and thoughts that will allow you to squeeze the most out of your recruitment career, no matter what level you're at and where you're aiming for. Every journey, even one to a million pounds, starts with a single step. So let's take that first step together. Welcome to this week's Coffee Break podcast. This is episode 18 of the podcast, and this week has been a really exciting one for me. There's been some major changes and some big steps forward on one of my key projects. I just love it when the hard work, effort, energy and time taken to make a project a success all come together and things work out as you hope they will. As is the case with swans, what's immediately observable is never the whole story. With any project, the surface may look calm and serene, but there's always some frantic churning going on beneath the surface to make things work. But I do think that sometimes those trials and the frantic efforts help make you and your teams the best you can be. The times when you get together, work out a problem and develop the right solution, those are some of the best times I've ever experienced in recruitment. I look forward to sharing more about this new project as it develops over the coming months. But suffice to say, I was raising a small glass to myself and my team last weekend to celebrate the milestone before we set out on another journey. And this brings me to the first topic of this week, the buzz of recruitment. I've now been active in recruitment for over 20 years. And as those of you who have been here a while may know, I've done most roles in recruitment during that period, up to and including main board director roles. The thing that, to this day, gets me excited the most is what I call the basic process of recruitment. Opening up a new client, picking up that first role, sourcing, screening the candidates, submitting them and managing the process to get the chosen candidate started. For a number of reasons, I've been heavily involved in this kind of work over the last few weeks, and it's really helped to get my mojo back. The day-to-day work of being a recruitment consultant has given me a new lease of life. I love being back in the cut and thrust of client calls, dealing with their standard objections, and then showing how I can help them despite the fact that they've had a PSL that's filling every role immediately and has been signed up for the next five years with an exclusivity. Both sides know that essentially recruitment is a dance. The client is feeling you out. They're trying to determine how much effort you'll put in for them, how hard you'll work without crossing that line to where you become a problem. Equally, as a recruitment consultant, I'm feeling out the client. I want to know how serious they are. Recently, I had one client who was willing to let me help them on a role that they'd been looking for for six months. Just for the sake of context, this was a client I've been working to try and get on board for a long time. My response, no thanks. Their response, why not? Well, if you've been looking for six months and not filled the role, it means that you're either not serious about it or the hiring manager is so picky that I'm on a hiding to nothing immediately. I don't want to ruin the first chance I get to work with you by taking on a role that I'm doomed to fail at. The outcome, I get a video call with the hiring manager and I end up winning exclusive on that post. It turns out they weren't being picky, but in fact they've just been very badly supported by the other agencies who'd been looking at the role on their behalf. The way this situation played out gave me a huge buzz. I'd carefully considered the scenario and weighed up my options accordingly. When I pushed back, I did so with clarity and transparency. 
And in turn, I was rewarded for it with a solid opportunity, with a client who gained a much more favourable impression of me as a result. Don't get me wrong, I was fully willing to walk away from the opportunity if they'd not come back with their response. But that was what made the buzz more exciting, that fear of failure, that jeopardy. Equally, on the candidate side, I spoke to a candidate recently who was a very skilled person in a niche area, but due to no fault of his own had been made redundant. His old company had simply decided overnight to move out of the sector he supported. He had spoken to several recruitment consultants who'd promised they would help him find a role. They didn't. They simply talked to him and moved on. When I talked to him, I could immediately see that I could help him, as he was a great candidate with an impressive CV. So I spoke to a range of companies who I thought would see the value in him. In two days, I had multiple interviews lined up, which quickly led to a placement. This was great for him and a win for the client, which gave me that buzz of success. I'd taken a CV and turned it into a fee and in turn helped a really nice guy get back into a role that he deserved. Many of us fall into recruitment and over the years I've seen many people come and go from the business. They either go off to do something completely different or maybe move into an internal role with one of their clients. I fully understand that being a recruitment consultant is not for everyone. The job can be tough and if you're in the wrong company then the pressure of KPIs and overbearing bosses can put even the best consultants off the industry entirely. But if you can find your way and get the right levels of support to grow and develop, I don't think there's a better job in the world than being a recruitment consultant. Whether you're working alone or with a trusted team, there is nothing better than cracking a tricky situation and delivering the right solution for your client. The thrill of solving their needs even when they start off not wanting you to help, or that buzz of placing the candidate that when you know, just know, they will be a great addition to that client. Those are heady moments. As of this week, I've made myself a promise. No matter how busy I get, no matter what level I'm at, I will always make time for getting back to the coalface and doing the job of recruitment in its purest sense. After the last few weeks, I'm now fully aware that that is where I'm at the happiest. Moving on to topic two for this week, and this builds on from what we've just been discussing, but it's an opposite side of the coin. Avoiding the things that you don't enjoy doing. I love having a clean car, and I adore sitting in a garden where the grass is neatly cut, the flowers are just so, and the whole thing is tidy. That being said, I hate washing cars, or doing any form of gardening. So I bring in experts, people who do that sort of thing for a living, and I pay them to do the work I don't want to do. This is common practice whether you're talking about house cleaning, gardening or anything else. The money you pay offsets the time and the annoyance factor of doing it yourself. However, another key point here is that these people I bring in are experts. They do their chosen type of work all the time. Therefore, they can do the job quicker and better than I can. Equally, whilst they're spending time on my car, house or garden, I could put my expertise to use, filling more roles or calling a client. Alternatively, I can invest that time doing things that improve my mood considerably, like spending time with my daughter or perhaps playing golf. The upshot is I am able to free up my time to do things that make me money or that can improve my work-life balance by asking others to undertake the tasks that I neither enjoy nor claim any kind of expertise in. Sure, it costs me money to buy in as experts, but A, the costs are something I can afford, and B, the time I save is more valuable to me. I'm increasingly bringing this same attitude into my work. For example, I really enjoy creating this podcast. I enjoy coming up with the ideas and I enjoy recording it. But I'm aware, A, that I'm not a good at editing, and B, attempting to edit it takes up far too much of my time, time I prefer to invest elsewhere. So I've outsourced the job to a very professional editor whose job it is just doing the editing for my podcasts. 
The result, a more polished podcast, hopefully, and my time is focused on the bits I add value to and that I enjoy doing. Equally, in recruitment, I have a number of tricks and outsource options I use to speed up my delivery by allowing me to focus on key areas where I'm most needed, dealing with clients and working with strong candidates. My first sift of the candidate market is now done by a very professional outsource team. They work with me and sift through the thousands of possible candidates to get me the long shortlist. Once I have that list, I can then go to work cutting it down to just the best, most viable candidates. A shorter list that I then send to my clients. In other words, I focus on the bit I am best at and use outsourced solutions as a force multiplier. Using this approach, I can be working on 8-10 to 10 roles at any one time. If I was trying to do it all myself, I doubt that I'd be able to successfully juggle half that number. The more roles I can work, the better long-term return on investment I will generate for me and my company. There are many more examples that I use and that I know are used by others in recruitment space, from front-end lead generation to credit control and finance. There are solutions and options in almost all areas of the recruitment process. The secret is to work out what areas you like doing and which ones bring you the best returns. Then you will know that you should be focusing your personal efforts there. From this position, you can work out how and where you can get appropriate professional support for everything else. It may be the case that you're in an agency and you can agree some sort of split with another consultant so that they do the candidate side and you do the client side. Or if you're working for yourself, there's a wider range of solutions and options open to you to help with outsourcing, from people like your accountant on the finance sides to former colleagues who may be keen to collaborate with you on a role. Determine what you want to tackle yourself and what you want to outsource, then go for it. Believe me, you will never look back. If this approach sounds appealing and you want to explore it further, please feel to look me up on social media or go to my website, adrian-mansfield.com, and we can arrange a chat about how I do it and where you may be able to find help for your needs. That's it for another Coffee Break podcast. I hope you found these ideas and thoughts interesting. If you did, it would be great if you can give us a like and a comment on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. Equally, if you want to chat to me about any of today's topics or anything else recruitment-wise, then head over to my social media. I'm at Million Pound Villa at the usual places. We'll be back next week with another Coffee Break podcast, just in time for my next interview. This will be somebody who's key to the recruitment process, and our planned discussion should be very useful for those expanding on this week's theme of outsourcing. More on that in next week's podcast. Until then, enjoy the journey.